0: I'm Murphy, John Murphy. And I'm Humes, Christian Humes. And you're listening to Watch Watch World. World. Thank you, everybody. Welcome to Watch World. We are continuing our series on James Bond. And this time we are faking our deaths and going to Japan because it is You Only Live Twice. Christian, what did you think about this movie? Um.
1: Because of the order we're doing things in and the order they decided to make the films in versus the order the books are done as well, it weirdly in some ways felt reductive, even though I know chronologically that doesn't, it's not actually true because this is sort of the framework for what comes later. But I'm watching yeah. it, and I'm like, it feels like paint by numbers for the other movies, but it's actually because the other movies took this picture and then did. Like, you know, it was like someone figured out the structure and then they were like, oh, cool. Now that we have the scaffolding here, we know how to like actually like we can spend time on like the design of it. And, you know, it's it 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 set everything up to follow. And so it feels unfair to say that because it doesn't it's not true in how it was made. But watching it retroactively, it feels correct.
0: Yeah. And I think this movie, I, I would agree with you in that sense where I think for what it is, I understand for what it is, it's it's very important. I think this and Goldfinger are the two movies that kind of really set the tone of the franchise and for a lot of things that would show up later in various iterations. Um, but at the same time, it's like like you said, because we were watching this in book order and not movie order, we've seen this story and this structure now used in The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. Um We've used it, almost seem almost better in a lot of ways, in some ways, I think. Um, I, I do think, though, that this goes back to the idea that, like, what if they did a full arc?
1: They said the next Bond, we're going to pre-plan it. We're going to take all of these Spectre movies, and this should be a part of it. Because you know what's incredible about this one is, technologically speaking, it's actually, it? like, the most plausible today. Like, everything we <laughs> saw in there is, like, very close to where we are at overall when it comes to, like material science and engineering like we could build their cave system we could build those rocket like all of those things i'm like funnily enough this one as like outlandish as it must have been at the time we are actually like at the point where if we showed this off we'd be like oh yeah they could do that that they're just like five or ten years out from this
0: yeah i know they definitely do a lot of practical things both in a within the movie and the ideas around the movie Of what they're discovering here. And this one actually deviates a lot from the book because, like we said. Oh, yeah. I I don't know if you looked up what the story and what the story was. I went and read
1: into it the second because, like I said, it it felt derivative. And I was like, I just want to see what happened in this, like how this got made. And the first thing I noticed, which was a shock to me, was Roald Dahl
0: wrote this movie. Yep. Yep. Which is incredible. I was going to bring that up. Well, so, yeah. So him and Fleming were good friends as authors and stuff. And so after Fleming passed away in 1964, you know, Roald Dahl, you know, kind of decided, oh, I will kind of, uh, you know, honor my friend and I will write the sure. screenplay to this yeah. movie. Take one of his books. And then likewise, um, they took one of uh, Fleming's books, which was another book that was non-James Bond. Uh, Fleming wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. and that's Get what out of here. Fleming wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? The original book. And then that was adapted into what the thing. And then, I love uh, that broccoli produced that movie and like Roald Dahl was involved in stuff. And
1: that is awesome.
0: Yeah. So like there was definitely, so I remember seeing that title credit come up and seeing Roald Dahl. I'm like, Oh, that's so strange. But then you're like, Oh yeah. Like yeah. they were good friends. And he, you know. which
1: is interesting that he then decides to deviate so much from his good friends <laughs> book so much.
0: Well, I, I think because they, they, because they went out of order and you needed the setup of, Honor Majesty's Secret Service for really a lot of the driving force of the book from You're Only Love Twice. Because, and since they decided to skip that, then it kind of, you had to change a lot of things in it, you know? So I think that's kind of where, um, the reason why it's so different. Well,
1: what's interesting to me about all of it is I think it's a good movie for its time, but this one, I think, suffers from, like, a lot of pacing issues. It felt a lot longer to me than it actually is, it turns out. I thought there was, like, a solid... Like, I honestly thought you could probably cut 25% of this film without losing any of the nuance or story
0: behind it. I mean... Yeah. No, no. I think I think they could have changed some things. Because I don't think you can cut anything because this movie is only an hour and 44 minutes long. So, it's, like, it's already pretty breezy but like you said it it doesn't feel like that i think because some of the stuff they focus on does make it a little slow and a little like aimless at times um but yeah i i think that stems up to some issues with actually the production of the movie also because this was the fifth movie that they were making at this point sean connery was kind of overdoing the doing doing the role and kind of felt like he was even though he would come back later for for yeah, for more movies, yes. But at this point, I think he he was like, I think he was the biggest one of the biggest movie stars of the world at this time because of this role, and so he kind of felt a little suffocated by it, um, and he wasn't getting paid enough. He felt as well. So I think yeah. he was kind of it was, a, and so this was where you really saw the the him kind of checking out quite a bit. Um, yeah, something I learned actually. And also a reason why he was kind of pissed off during the making of this movie was by this time, you know, Bond's huge. There's an Italian movie that got made called Operation Kid Brother starring his younger brother, Neil Connery. And really? it's a, an Italian knockoff of James Bond. Really? And it has Bernard Lees in it. Uh, Lois Maxwell's in it. The guy who played Largo and Thunderball's in it. Like all these people are in it. Like, from Bond franchises, they must they pulled. And so, I think it pissed him off that, like, he felt like it was just becoming too ridiculous and too big for itself. So, I think he just kind of wanted to get out. And then, also, at the same time, I think this whole shoot in Japan, I think, was really awful for him. Because, apparently, you know, everywhere he went, it was like he was getting hounded by, like, basically their version of, like, TMZ reporters and just fans. Yeah. And like, I think he just couldn't enjoy himself this movie and I think that's why some things feel a little short here
1: um I also felt like all the stuff and I don't know if this comes from like look I loved a lot of Roald work growing up but like there is like he grew up during a very uh racist era and like you know he's a documented anti semite in 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 a, in a number of ways um but I mean and, him and Ian Fleming
0: probably then go well hand in hand
1: Yeah, for some. Sort. And uh I just felt like this movie more than I think honestly any other bond except for that um gosh when he went to Jamaica for Living Time. Um, yeah, or Dr. It, no. It, yeah, Living let it. I can't think of any other time where they've really exotic like exoticized a culture. Like the way I felt like they portrayed Japan, like it was it was also like unbelievably like traditional as if it was like
0: a different era of society at times um well yeah i'm i'm on like it's it's i'm on two points here where
1: i mean it didn't feel like cartoony but it also felt at times like they were pushing the envelope
0: (laughs) yeah i think it's almost like on one hand i actually appreciate for this movie that's like 1967 like crafting an entire story that's like based in Japan and... Like, right, it's like 20 majority, years after the war, you know? And actually, like, in a lot of the... Like, majority of the actors are Japanese. Yes. And, like, them really committing to that, which is actually, I think, pretty cool. But then, on the flip side, they also have some pretty racist moments and some stuff that's, like, yeah. pretty bad, too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but that's also considering its time. Uh, At the time, I don't think anyone would have even blinked an eye at it. You know? Yeah,
0: and they, I even Even, I think, the people you know, depicted in the movie, I think we're yeah. I think excited think Yeah, and that's just because be part of
1: prior to that, like, you know, Japanese people, like, for the last decade or so, you know, were being depicted as, like, monsters. You know, we'd put them in internment camps 20 years prior. So, like, the fact that, like, they were exoticizing their culture, I was just like, well, this is, you know, sort of par for the course for the era. But I didn't want to just give them a, a total free pass, considering also Rodas involved, which is a shame yeah. because, boy, it's like, I can't, like, those books, like, Rodal's book, like, BFG and stuff like that were, like, so, like, I read those books so many times growing up. Those were so, yeah. which is why I can't believe I didn't know that he had wrote a James Bond movie because just, there's very little of his work that I don't like
0: as far you as major not really works. think about screenwriters sometimes, especially with these, with these types of movies, um, yeah. for the most part, because they usually are, like, so star-driven And some and more of the auteur, the director driven that like you don't think about that. But yeah, yeah, it is weird when it comes up, um, you know, (laughs) when you see stuff like that. So I I agree. Um, But let's just dive right in. Um, You know, like You Only Live Twice or like uh, The Spy Who Loved Me or Moonraker, you know, we open up with a uh, a space capsule being uh, uh, abducted. Um, It's funny, actually, watching a lot of these movies quickly over like a short period of time. How much you notice certain actors re popping up in things? Sure, yeah. Did you did you notice Shane Rimmer, the guy from the? It was like the American submarine captain. Yeah, he's in. He's the one of the guys, one of the control room guys. <laughs> the there were
1: also part of the problem too is some of the some of the actors are so generic that sometimes I'm watching and I'm like, is that? A, has this guy been in another one? But then like yeah. I can't find some of that out on
0: IMDb. It's just too old. Like. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah they, yeah, but so there's some there's some some people that show up again, and we'll all talk to him about another one when we when we come to him uh, when we come to Henderson, but um, there was
1: no sanctity of, of uh Canon back then No like, they it just were more wasn't just a like, thing you wanted as to be in the movie James again Bond was James Bond, you know
0: yeah, I think also like cubby Broccoli just like he liked working with the same people he just had like like he just was a big like family guy, and liked you know these were like big parties for him, so I think he definitely loved just working with sometimes the same people and like, hey, can you put me back in the movie, even though it makes no sense canonically, like <laughs> to uh you know, for this to happen. It's like, sure, whatever, who cares? You know. So
1: um it's like uh JJ Abrams Greg Grunberg.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if like within the Star Wars universe Greg Grumberg <laughs> was like playing two different characters yeah. <laughs> and there was no consistency. Sure. <laughs> but um uh yeah so we we have the this Time capsule, which I think like the miniature work is pretty cool here. Um, it's a little slow, but well, at the, I, you know, I thought it was
1: great. Yeah. I just, everything, everything in the older movies moves so much slower and all the shots just stay on for so much longer. Yeah. I I, I just, was it like a an audience thing? Like audiences just needed more time
0: to understand what they were seeing? Like, I don't know. I think know. movies generally were just slower back then. Plus, yeah. I think they were like, oh, the, this was considered special effects. So they wanted, I think, to milk this a little sure. bit more, these shots. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess with the music, I think the music's really good here and it helps yeah. sell the, like, the dread of it. It's just like it isn't that interesting, but that's just us looking from a, you know, modern perspective backwards. No, um, I mean, I
1: like the way it opens up and it, it grabs them. It sort of looks like a like a squid.
0: Yeah. Or, some sort know? of sea monster that's like, a, yeah. like swallowing and it cut, uh, leaves that one guy. Just it's cuts a off space kraken. Yeah, space kraken. I, I mean know. that
1: was cool. I like that. I totally enjoyed it, and the whole like tension of the guy—he's on the you know—he's on a spacewalk and it gets it like that was great. That was yeah. an awesome opening.
0: Yeah, except I love how he didn't even try to get back to his pod. He's just like ah, help which is why
1: like I do think this movie could actually be a lot better if it were modernized. Because oh yeah, there's so little of it that's unbelievable and reframed and reshot with today's sensibilities, everything would work so well. Yeah, I it was like this yep. was a movie that was written too soon.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Um, after this, we get the we meet up with Bond in Hong Kong, where we have the worst line in the movie, where he's like, "Chinese girls taste different." And yeah, he's like, and also Ooh. he's like, and his <laughs> or his buddy's like, "Pick your pick your woman or something."
1: Oh, later, and yeah, he's like, out with Tiger. Yeah, yeah that's that a, was that's a little.
0: That was also. That, pretty bad that one's yeah those part these parts the most cringy that's just just the worst line is this opening line i'm just like i it makes it it makes bond seem like a really boring hangout after sex like he like these (laughs) girls are probably just like ugh. this guy's like just a little kid you know um but anyway so the girl basically presses a button you get the murphy bed that fly you know flies up and he gets trapped in it do you get royalties from that uh, from a murphy bed yeah the family the, the family, family trust it's the family, family <laughs>
1: trust <laughs> it's the family business
0: <laughs> yeah the family trust we all get it me you have, eddie you have the you patent know.
1: to the technology yeah. you just license it out these days
0: everybody's got it so um <laughs> but anyways this is a deadly murphy bed which we're not involved with yeah um, apparently
1: the death it's bed. a bit Deathly like an iron bed. maiden in a way like kind the way of. it traps you in you know suffocates you it's like a i mean it's, it's, it's like it's a, a, a uni- comfy
0: sarcophagus it's a unique, unique way to kill somebody. Yeah. You know? Uh, though I, I do quite like, not to spend too much time on this, but it's like, do you think all those people were in on it? As far as like, they all, the, the guys that shot the bullets and like her, they were all working with Bond to fake his death. They, I mean, they must be. I think so. Otherwise, so it's like, how do you, because you don't want to like, leave anything to a random chance in some weird Correct. way. So, I don't know. I mean, um, he's got plot armor. Yeah, that's true. But this one, they really, they, I I think if you, at the time if you go in, you're like, what? Like, yeah, is he dead? It's like that's pretty crazy. Um, what did you think of the theme song with Nancy Sinatra singing "You Only Live Twice"?
1: It was fine. It was pretty good. I mean, I going back on all of these as we've gone to them, most of them aren't bad.
0: No, it's it's I would put it in like kind of yeah, like it, it's 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 sort of in that that sort of second category of, it's not bad, but it's not like great. It's just kind of. It's sort of how I feel about the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's good. And it, it kind of has the different flair of being, it has that kind of note, you know, thing of, it feels like it's Jap- Japan and you're in this kind of different environment. Yeah. It's good. Um, I was looking up the, like the lyrics to it um, uh, because I wanted to see like, 'Cause actually I kinda like the lyrics, um, in the sense of what she explain why why it's called You Only Live Twice. It's like um or it's like you only live twice or so it seems, one for your life and one for your dreams. Like which is I think a way better more explanation than later when the title of the movie is stated by Blofeld for no reason at all. <laughs> just I thought just... it was because he died when they think Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's anything. what it is. That's that's what it means. It's like he does Theoretically, lived twice in a sense. It's like he fakes his death and comes back to life. um But later, when Blofeld, when when that's like pointed out, he's like, he's like, well, I guess I lived twice. He's like, you only lived twice, Mister Bond. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense for right now. What your guys are talking about? <laughs> this, I, I, this Blofeld is a little creepy. He, so he's like, like the, he seems like he'd be
1: on like a children's playground, coaxing them away.
0: He's definitely played a little bit weird. Um, he's not my favorite, but he is the most iconic. I think. Oh, definitely. And but it's it's strange enough how little he's in this movie. Yep. It's he's not. They don't really cut to him. But at But this all. is he's the first
1: time they reveal him in the movies.
0: But they've been teasing him now for yes. basically f- like four movies prior or three yeah. movies prior. And then and then so. it's like it's
1: this Weasley bald guy. Yeah, with yeah with his cat <laughs> with this kitty
0: cat. Yeah. That's who we're afraid of. It's like can't someone just yeah, beat him up? Well, that's, that's the thing about Blofeld. It's like he, he's always in control, I guess. And that's why you don't want to mess with him. He's got like clones and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Bond's uh, a little fake funeral. And then <laughs> it feels weird that they drop him like in like the, the Hong Kong harbor. I'm like, would not you like take him further out the sea where it's like the, the, the water is not as shallow? Sure. <laughs> like for a real like naval funeral. Because <laughs> I feel like it's like he only went down maybe. like More
1: expensive to, to set that shot up, John.
0: I know, I know, but it's just like you know, in real life, you wouldn't drop someone like fifty feet only down into the, <laughs> into Ooh, the we'll harbor. will put
1: you six feet in the ground.
0: That's true. That's true. But like, yeah, you know, you could wash up still on shore. Um, I like so this is like where they really start doing the, I guess, the idea of M and Money Penny are like working f- away. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, they're working on like uh, on the on the go. So they're on the submarine that they pick up Bond in. Uh, which I like I think this is the best money penny Lois Maxwell's versions ever looked. I think I love her in a uniform, you know, all of them are in uniforms, which is I think pretty awesome. you know you got Bond in his naval uniform, money penny, and even ms in his like little navy whites. John likes a man in a suit. I just like them when they're kind of being formal in some weird way it's every yeah. now and then. That's not a tuxedo.
1: <laughs> no, I
0: get that so but i do I do think this is the best lois maxwell has has looked you know so far in all her movies which is great uh famous canadian lois maxwell but uh yeah so he's got a he's got a mission go to japan figure out um where this rogue capsule has you know that snatched up the american capsule is gone and land because uh and he's got to do it within a few weeks because the both the russians and the americans are launching other capsules and if hmm this thing keeps happening war might break out between both of them so we got some stakes you know we got world war is on the line
1: this is again very reminiscent of what happens you know in the last movie um gosh i don't know why is it spy who loved me uh because it was russia and the u.s like they used both of their agents like conjointly they also were like blaming each other at first like no one you know it was I thought that was interesting how it feels like there's some similarities between those two stories.
0: Yeah, well yeah, it's 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 almost it, like it's like we're not
1: actually enemies, there's other enemies for us to like fight together.
0: Yeah, which Fleming would never do because he was hated the Russians so much. <laughs> Turn his writing. <laughs> I love like... I love that
1: people take I I think this is personally and I hope this is what happens with Harry Potter
0: eventually. I think
1: these creators who end up actually being terrible people but they like make these incredible stories. Like I, I think society just eventually takes it from them and then makes it what it always should have been instead. Which is
0: kind of what where Bond is pretty much. Yeah. and now. I think that's great. I think that's amazing. Like, like he's so detached from where where it was, and even and even by Spy Who Loved Me, it was like pretty. The fact that like they were like, oh, we're gonna now have Russia and the U.S. Wor- or and the British working together. That was such kind of a, a progress, even during the height of the Cold War. It's like yeah. a great thing to have. So, um, but I think that idea is really taken from this story, like you said, because this is from the book where Bond goes on a mission and he has to hook up with essentially the you know, a, a James Bond of Japan, mm-hmm. Tiger Tanaka, which is a great name, by the way. Great name. Tiger, Tanaka. Tiger, uppercut. Hello, Bonson. Hi.
1: Uh, don't like do he just that
0: kept, keep like well you could call him Bonson. <laughs> he does yeah he calls him a lot which is i don't know i, I guess that means like friend though. i don't know um
1: but uh i don't actually that's funny i don't actually know what that means i always thought it was like uh more of like um it would be like an informal like sir or something because like like in in anime it's like sun goku like it's always oh, yeah. so i don't know maybe it's even like a gender thing i don't know how i've never looked that up because i've heard it a billion times and i've never actually looked that up we'll figure that out
0: yeah we'll we'll eventually do some post episode uh research (laughs) on this stuff about stuff but anyways before we get to tiger though um we have to talk about uh henderson really quick because he goes to meet this guy henderson who i don't know if you recognize him but he plays blofeld in diamonds are forever (laughs) no that's (laughs) who it was yeah Wow! He's so British too. He's like, "Well, yes, I've been working here in Japan for so long. Ah, oh, yes." <laughs> but he, he's he's got that accent. You're like, "Oh yeah, it's totally this guy." And It's so funny that they they would. He's a prominent character in this movie, and not only two movies later do they make him the villain.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable!
0: I know, which is crazy. Which in my conspiracy brain, it's they t- in this after the events of this movie. Lofeld takes the body of Henderson and then then through plastic surgery <laughs> sculpts his body or his face to look just like this guy. And that's I mean, that's how he becomes him, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Who cares? Um but first a unique way to kill somebody, uh knife through the uh, paper wall, you know, which is I guess an effective way to murder someone secretly.
1: Yeah, I mean it's
0: visually, it's good, too. Like, it's like a good gag, almost. Because he's, like, talking, and then suddenly he stops, and you're like, why did he stop? And then Bond goes up, and, <laughs> and you get the knife to the wall. So. Yeah, I mean, there's, I will say, later
1: in the movie, there's basically a great gadget scene, and I was very excited about that.
0: There's some good gadget work in here. Um, Also, some good fist fighting in here, because Bond, or, you know, Bond uh, tracks, you know, basically chases down that attacker, beats him up, I think stabs him, whatever takes his identity. That good thing for that attacker, uh, you know, talking about current modern day, he's wearing a mask, which is great, you know, <laughs> it's being healthy, uh, and socially, di- but bomb was not being socially distant and ends no, up taking not. his mask, which barely fits over his face and then impersonates him to get in the back of that car. And it's driven to, uh, is it Osata? Yeah. Osata chemicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a great, I love this, uh, this hand-to-hand combat fight he has with this like wrestler guy which is great they're like using like couches as weapons at one point a samurai sword comes out honestly
1: this is like probably one of the best action scenes in the movie because i think actually later when everything's so escalated you just kind of get lost in the scene and this was like maybe the highlight action sequence for me
0: i think so because they also keep it really wide like, yeah, I think they, they, I think they really liked this office space, which it looks really cool, and so they just wanted to keep it like as, as much of that you can see as possible. So yeah,
1: I mean the old, the older action scenes, I don't generally like the way they're cut. Everything just feels slower, and the choreography is not as good back then. And but at the same time, you at least like really can follow it. So when it was like sort of this one-on-one kind of thing, like it was a much smaller focus scene, it felt more dangerous than like when they just keep escalating the action. Uh, and then it just felt more like, OK, I just got to wait for this to resolve so that we could get back to the story.
0: Yeah. And then it is funny, though, because so he knocks this guy out and puts him into this like little secret bar kind of room mm-hmm. that's like next to the safe that he finds. Um and then later, when he goes back to that office under a sort of different identity to talk, he's, like, worried they're going to find the body in the bar. And I'm, like, why did he assume that the body would yeah. still be there? <laughs> <laughs> like, Wouldn't they assume, like, because the alarm was set off that, like, they probably would have, like, looked through the office and discovered this knocked out guy? <laughs> that, that was really funny because he, he keeps, like, trying to stop her from, like, get, going in there. And he's, like, and then he opens up. He's, like, oh, <laughs> Like, it's empty, so, which is weird. Um, Yeah, uh, we meet Aki, one of two ladies that helps them during this course of the movie. I like Aki. She's my favorite. I wish she didn't die. Uh, I wish she got to stay on to the end and help out Bond, but it is what it is. Um, But she takes him to Tiger, and this is where we meet Tiger. I like his little, like, slide trap into his seat. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a great. I think this is a great introduction for a character.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, it's funny to me that this is a character that we never see another iteration of. Yeah. Because it's a good character. I think the portrayal is good, and it's a good name, and it feels like one of those things that you think would have stuck in the Bond lore, because like this, is it was just it's an interesting character. He's more unique than like the Blofeld clones in some ways. Would have been
0: would have been incredible if without any setup or payoff, if he's somehow in, like, the Macau scene in Skyfall. it like, would be sick. He, like, goes to see him there or something. it like, would be awesome. Yeah. And you're, like, without even, like, because it's like, oh, we didn't even introduce this guy, but he's like, oh, Tiger, how are you doing? <laughs> I, I think, like, the more we
1: keep talking about, like, what'll come next for Bond, I want them to go back into these older things Characters. that, like, were used. Yeah, yeah like, these sort of, like, one-offs. And then go back to them and take those elements and and repurpose them. And I think a character like Tiger, because I love Felix in the modern ones. Um, and I think they did him so well that, like, they got to do something interesting
0: for the next time. So I think, like, bringing a character like this back would be cool as hell. Yeah. No, I think it's good. I think, yeah, I think I, li- I like him because he's got a lot of cool gadgets. He's got a cool train that he travels by, apparently. <laughs> Which is, like, such a weird character trait to be like. It's not safe for me to travel by on the surface. So I travel by train.
1: That's great. <laughs> which is
0: great. Which is great. Um, you know, it, it, it does get a little slow, though, where he's just like, you know, slow down, Bond. I'm going to take you to a spa and we're just going to like talk business while ladies like wash us, you know. And this is where we get the second worst line in the movie where he's like, in Japan, men come first.
1: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> and then Bond's like, I could get used to this you're just like, Jesus, Bond, come on. But, yeah, um, you know, so that's, yeah. And then it kind of, like, rolls along with the whole doc stuff after that. We get the, oh, yeah, because he goes back to Asada Chemicals. That's where he gets the, uh, we meet both Asada and Hel, uh, Helga Brand, I think is her name. Yeah. Number 11. Um, I love Asada's, like, giant-ass desk. That's a scanner. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of those uh you know airport you know little scanners that you can detect a a gun with so yeah Um, i would be very if if you came and visited me and then i stood sat behind this desk in which you could barely see me and just my head you would be a little like what's going on there yeah what's going on with this desk (laughs) but you know again and that's something that like what like has been used quite a bit like the villain with the the cool gadget desk using it for yeah. something.
1: He's you know, he's in his fort. It's his safe space. Like that's always the whole thing with Bond typically is like he's going into like uncharted territory. Like he's always, you know he, he's always gotta be offensive. Everyone else is like ready and waiting. Um which is I think what makes it good, right? Yeah. I think so, maybe that's actually why Skyfall is so interesting. Is it's like Bond yeah. is being hunted instead. It's like the opposite. It's not something oh, yeah. see you see as much.
0: I've said this multiple times in the previous movies. I love when Bond's like on the run, yeah, being hunted by the villain and kind of out of his element a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, I like him when he's cool, but then it's fun to see him when he has to kind of think on his feet and he's like doesn't have a gun or is running away. And that's right. We get we get that a little bit here later, because after he's meeting with Osada, essentially we have this car chase where he's chased by some goons. With And then him and Aki are getting away, which that's a, I, I love the car that they're driving. Apparently, they, it was not a convertible, but uh, Connery was so big that he couldn't fit in it. So they that's made incredible. it a convertible. <laughs> but, that's um, incredible. Yeah. This is where we get the helicopter. Tiger's helicopter comes in and magnets the uh, the pursuing car and just drops him into the ocean, <laughs> which is great. You know, the cool gag. Always good to pick up a car and drop it somewhere. You know. Um, then what was I was gonna say, uh, yeah, so and, and in that moment, um, you know, he tells them there's this ship that they're looking for, uh, that's been this harbor, Um, uh, and so they go to this dock to try to find it. Um, uh, I love all these like random dock worker guys <laughs> that like just want to kill Bond, yeah, and with their weapons, and Bond just like indiscriminately shoots with his pistol, yep, at guys. When I have no weapons at all, or just have like chains or something. But um I did like that one shot where it's like the big helicopter shot on the roof, and it's kinda like it hangs on for a while, and he's just like fist fighting and trying to run away, and then does the I'm gonna jump on some boxes that clearly are stunt boxes, but uh are supposed to be docking packages. <laughs> you know, gotta do that. Uh not much to say there. Uh then we get to the little Nelly. Little Nelly. And our only Q scene. Oh,
1: yeah. Which I think it's a solid Q scene, mostly because it pays off. Like we get, like I said, I love gadgets. I love Q. It's a huge part of me, like for what James Bond is. Um, Because, you know, it's the element that gives him his superpower in many ways is his ability to use these things. Like in every movie, his Batman tool set changes, you know?
0: Yeah. And I, I do like the I do like little Nelly as a dev, as a gadget as a little mini helicopter. Uh, it, it is funny how like this is the most I think upset Q is to show up. He like just yeah. seems very upset to be here, which and he's dressed like he's on safari. So I like to imagine that he was actually on vacation and then he got called in because Bond specifically From, like, requested him, <laughs> and then now he's like pissed off that he had to like switch up his plans and. <laughs> bring little Nelly to Japan.
1: <laughs> and Which, so that's why he's a little angry. I think I, I really like the sort of like pod helicopter, sort of like gyrocopter design. Um, you know, the glass bubble like style helicopters, like they're really good because it makes you feel like that's actually James Bond and they're flying it more than if it was just like a regular old helicopter and then it would just feel like he's on a set.
0: Yeah. And like the, because this is so small, and they do a pretty good job cutting between the stunt pilot and the real thing with these aerial shots and then, like, close-ups of him. No, they do a very good job. You know, so, um, so yeah, I think overall this scene is pretty good. Um, but that, like, initial takeoff shot is, like, really cool, actually, when it, like, kind of lifts off in the air and you're like, oh, shit, it works. <laughs> you're like, it's great. Um, and then he gets a dogfight with a couple of helicopters because he's investigating this island where the ship was. And there's this volcano. And they suspect this is where this rogue capsule is landing. Um, what did you think about the giant volcano layer? Obviously, I think this is so iconic in terms of sets the I mean, I, I for... love it because
1: it, it doesn't actually feel completely outlandish. Like we have, there are, you know, giant, engineering projects that you know like we have domes that open and close like at stadiums you know yeah. so like there's nothing about it the one thing i thought so when he flies over the crater it looked almost more like it was like water down there yeah. at the bottom of yeah. the crater but then it's actually just hard and i guess it's, it's reflective so it's meant to look like water i think it yeah. would have been cooler if there was like a scene like if they went down there that it actually was like filled with water yeah. and like before they had to open the crater well you're just
0: talking about Gold- Goldeneye. Because that's yeah, what's in golden. Where it's like the lake becomes a radio dish. Yeah. And you have to like filter out the water and every
1: time and But that like, would be so awesome. Like that would yeah. be great. That was like the one that was the one piece it was missing, I think. Because yeah. it was kinda like I feel like it would stick out a little too much. But at the same time, I guess it didn't, because it did look like it was water.
0: Yeah, no, I I think um I, I agree. I think I think it's really good. I think and also the interior set looks like it was all like built it's not like there's like a much forced perspective or no it was great they're cheating so like yeah when you get to the final battle stuff all of it i think looks really cool because that like everything you see is real almost inside yeah
1: the only problem i really have with the final battle stuff is that there's just too much of it and it goes on <laughs> for too long and then like i just start to lo- like it just very similar to the submarine assault like after a little bit i was kind of like all right let's just wrap this up let's get let's get going here let's
0: yeah, I could I could have used more, but I, I maybe more diverse in the action in terms of like maybe there should have been a part where you're just like samurai swords come out and everyone's just like oh my god, a giant sword and then like mix that in with like rocket bullets being fired at people. And,
1: but I mean, I also say that it's like from today's sensibility, not from the time. From the time, I'm sure it was incredible.
0: Yeah, and like I think now it would be everything would be much more visualized out and right. Planned, and the whole stunt thing would necessarily be worked out ahead of time. Whereas, like back then, they probably had some shots, but they were more maybe kind of on the fly, figuring out how they wanted their action sequence to go.
1: What I'll say is the one thing that they did really well for that whole action sequence is you can tell that they not only had a plan, like the like the strike team, but there was like a a narrative flow to it, where it was like the guys are going to come down after the action starts some of them are going to get shot we're going to let one guy through he's going to blow the whole wall the rest of them are going to like you it was clear that like it felt like there was really it wasn't just chaos
0: yeah though it did, like i did feel like the material made for that 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 top didn't feel that strong
1: <laughs> well i guess that's the point though is that it, it you probably you don't want it to be ultra strong because then it probably like a lot well, like heavier the blow fell it. was
0: like my my fortress is impenetrable and stuff oh. and then but it just kind of felt like the material that was like it, that one guy that was like left to like put the bomb up there i was like you could have just put the bomb on the top side of it and it probably would have had the same effect it seemed like there wasn't wasn't that thick coating yeah. and this is more of a a production point not a story point i'm sure like. In the world of the story, it was like impenetrable from the outside or something, and right, they needed to go on the inside. But um, it would have of... made
1: more sense if he blew up the actual scaffolding,
0: yeah, or like the motor that like and caused yeah. it to jam, so it couldn't close all the way or yeah. something. Like if like um, if they blew up the thing that
1: like holds it up, and you know part of it like slams down, all the people yeah. start sliding in.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it did look at one point they like it looked wet the top of it yes and they were kind of walking on i was like i was like oh is there was there actually water on there that's what i was
1: trying to determine maybe they hose it down
0: yeah maybe or it's just like it's like a double dare uh episode (laughs) (laughs) um before i guess we spend too much more time on the go um, on this finale stuff i guess we should talk about the whole part where bond becomes japanese Uh so bond
1: goes japanese Something only Scarlett Johansson
0: almost dared to do since. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. This is from the book, but it is not really does not translate well. No, because a I think on a story level, I think it slows just slows down the movie. Like overall, like you're just kind of like, why does he need to infiltrate this island this way? You know, he's, he's James Bond. He doesn't need to, like, fully commit to this character to, like, gain access to this village to, to exist in. So um, and then, too, he's like a six foot three Scottish man. Like, you're not going to blend in at all. And nope, I feel like this is just Tiger Tanaka fucking with us all. Like, he just wanted to. Tr- he's like, I got all this technology bond do you want to you should do that you have to do this because i think he wanted to see if it would work i think it was a dare honestly by tiger to himself so i think you're right you know um because he's like yeah you gotta you gotta go under the knife and like change your appearance and, and change your haircut and do you think this is where they got it in uh the pierce brosnan movie which one
1: with um where the south korean the north korean guy goes and becomes english
0: well i mean i think that's a broader thing that's pulled from the bond books in terms of blofeld uses plastic surgery to like change his look which he has yeah which he does so i think like yeah that's a part of it and i think this yes that has a little bit but this is the first and really only time bond has ever like done this you know right um you know, he'll do other characters and he'll like, you know, impersonate people. But this one is really strange because not only does he go into the knife and like try to change his physical appearance, then he has to get married to Kissy Suzuki, who they call her pig face, which I don't understand because she's gorgeous. Um, So that was really strange. But yeah. Um And <laughs> so I felt, I felt so bad for Aki because like there was that part where he's like, you have to get married. And she's like, oh. Ah. And then, like, she's about to, like, go hug Bond or something. And then Tiger's like, no, 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 no. Not you. It's like, we have to get you a wife on the island. (laughs) Yeah. You know. And... um, It's just really weird, dude. Yeah. It's just strange.
1: It's strange. It's really weird. And I don't think it worked at the time well, probably even. Um, And I don't think it works well at all now.
0: I think it works for the book in the sense that because it's not a visual medium it can i think work a little yeah. bit better and then that one is more of like it's like on a magic secret service where Blofeld has changed his identity and he's like this he's impersonating this other person who lives in this castle and so bond yeah. is trying to infiltrate this castle and trying to see who it is because it's like he's working with tiger and so he becomes this like we you know like impersonates this like poor coal miner working in this village so he can get he can eventually work his way and infiltrate the castle, so like it works there. It's just here. It's like you, due to the structure of Bond movies, you you just don't need this like slow down necessarily, right? You know, and I think you could almost like him and Aki working together and like doing the exact same thing of like exploring the island and figuring out like infiltrating the the volcano layer. That I think that all works just fine. I don't think like, you just. I don't think like, you need Kissy, <laughs> so.
1: You don't need Kiy, and it's it's honestly like more than any other movie we've watched so far, like it's one of the times where maybe not more it's just also you know live and let die, but <laughs> where it's just like if you were to adapt this movie, you would just completely cut this,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Huh. The only other way to make it work is like if he's impersonating someone that the people like it's an arranged marriage kind of thing and people don't know who he is, like or what he looks like. Yeah. You know. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or and it's like any I think just problematically from a modern lens, like he should not be trying to impersonate a Japanese person.
1: No. He nope, nope. He nope. should
0: be he could change his identity but stay within usually his Western European uh Yeah. And and honestly, again, like
1: of course, at the time, there were probably people who were like, you probably shouldn't do this back then. This is not right. But regardless, it still was just bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, just there's nothing good about it. There's nothing redeeming about it. It's not interesting. It wasn't enjoyable to watch for a variety of reasons. It's easily the lowest point of the movie. In fact, if you were to cut this entire sequence out of the movie and just get him from point A to point B some other simple way here, um, <laughs> without having to deal with this it i think would have actually made the movie feel faster and made it a more enjoyable to watch like that would probably be the easiest way to speed up this film is to just cut this
0: yeah yeah definitely um i so yeah so coming coming back to this this finale here inside the lava base um you know bond sneaks in he uh gets all the way to get uh Finding the um, the astronauts, the American astronauts that are there, which I would have loved. And it was a combination. I think it was the American and the
1: Russians because oh, they yeah, talk to right. each other and they're like, that's right. He's like, oh, we call it cosmonaut in our country. That's and right. like now they're
0: getting along. That's right. Um, <laughs> but I just really like would it have been so funny and so badass if it were Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Dude, that'd be amazing. <laughs> and Vaughn teams up with them to, to save the day. That would have been great. I would have loved that. But uh, nevertheless, I don't know exactly what Bond's plan here was. I think he was going to like impersonate one of Blofeld's astronauts and then hitch a ride on the capsule, I guess. And then like once and then steer it away, I guess. I don't know exactly what his plan was, but then he gets caught. This is where he had the face to face with uh Blofeld. Um Bond uses his it's just kind of like the pen in GoldenEye, but he uses his uh, explosive cigarette. <laughs> that poor guy running the, holding the controls. It's just like, he holds the cigarette up. It just like, just shoots him, which is
1: interesting. Um, but that's, that's, I mean, for me, that was the best part of that entire action sequence. Oh no, it's that's, great. It's- and, and the only reason is because it was clever. Like I, like I said, I enjoyed the way they infiltrated the building and it felt like a real military strike. And I think it is cool. I mean, you like to see Bond in his Navy suit. I think it is cool when you see him being a like the reconnaissance part of the apparatus that he yeah. works for. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to go ahead. And instead of like the one-man army. Yeah, But then there was a moment where he got to use his little tricks that make John, James Bond, James
0: Bond. Thank you, Q, for this cigarette gun. Actually, it was Tiger that gave it to him. All oh, right, sorry. Wow. <laughs> because they had that great it, moment where he's you know. like, He's like, oh, smoking can save your life. He's like, you sound like right. one of the commercials, <laughs> right?
1: But which
0: was, which is great for the time. You know. But the, I mean, more like the gadgets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, let's let's give Tiger his credit. He's the one, that, Tiger Tanaka. Um, but yeah, no, I just kind of felt bad for that guy manning the the controls because he's just kind of standing there. And then oh, yeah. he gets blasted with this cigarette rocket gun. <laughs> and then, like, nobody does anything for a second. And, like, Bond races over there to hit the switch. And then he kind of fights people one-on-one before he's finally, like, apprehended. Yes. Which is funny. But I just
1: thought, like, backed By, be... like, four dudes with guns. Yeah. Which is, like, you would... There's also, like, people at the control deck just, like, watching people try to fight him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> which I think, like, if, if I was doing it, I would have aimed my cigarette gun at maybe one of the control people. 100% like, or aim it at the controls. Yeah, to cause like chaos. And then you go and punch that big the guy in the red jumpsuit that you shot and then like yeah. turn on the controls. But like, you know, it is what it is. Um, Yeah, so a big battle. Uh, um, I I sent you this video, but there's a moment when there's a big explosion in the control room and the cat that Blofeld's holding, I don't know the cat's name, but in Austin Powers is Mr. Bigglesworth. But, um, so I'm going to call him Mr. Bigglesworth. But that cat great. is flipping out and like just clawing yeah. on. And then Donald Pleasance is just holding on for dear life to keep that cat under control from not running away. Um, it's a great moment for if anyone goes back and watches it. Um, but, you know, I think I like this final showdown between the two of them where he's about to shoot him. And he's like, goodbye, Mr. Bond. And then Tiger throws a uh, you know, throwing star. And just gets him right in the hand, which is really cool. But then he gets away on his little people mover machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was great. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And then the. So they stopped the rocket from taking the the the, the next capsule, which I guess averts world war. Um, I did like how the. You know, they cut. They cut to a few times, but the Americans. They're like watching their probe or their capsule and they're kind of, they're getting their, they're like, tell our forces to prepare, you know, DEFCON, whatever, one. When the capsule explodes and then they're like, report, it's like, the the threat is gone. Good job, everybody. Is our like, the, you know, lower our forces. Good job. And they all kind of stand up like they're like, all right, let's go to the bar, everybody. Come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> like not that like an attack almost just ha- successfully happened. <laughs>
1: Also, I this the the moment leading right up to that where he's trying to get to the fail safe button to stop everything and yeah. there's like seconds left felt very like mission impossible. Like I was expecting expecting to be like mission accomplished. Yeah. like when he did it, but
0: <laughs> well, there was no one around for him to ta- say that to. So you couldn't. Yeah. Do it right now. But yeah. No. Well, that doesn't that doesn't <laughs> it doesn't stop Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I kind of felt the same way too. That in that moment of having to stop at the right time. Um, I didn't know there was a self destruct button on those things though. It's kind of it's a, great. Gotta have one of those. Gotta <laughs> kind of have a good failsafe. Um but yeah, then the basically the you get some random stuff in here afterwards where you get the the fist fight between Bond and the big henchman, like Red Grant looking dude, where then he gets thrown into the piranha water, which was uh you know, I guess the problem is like they weren't that that guy was never really set up. Or didn't really do yeah, anything. Yeah, I mean, he
1: went out, like, number 11. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Same way, actually, literally. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, number 11, her plan earlier to kill Bond, very strange. I'm going to take Bond up in this plane. Oh, my God. And then I'm going to, like, use a weird plyboard to, like, hold him down. Well, the first time,
1: though, is, like, she just sends the goons to shoot him in the car. Yeah. Which, like, by the way, that dude had his gun out and on Bond for, like, 30 seconds. him dead to rights. Yeah, he like,
0: hit him, like, right there. I don't
1: understand how... And this is like the problem I have with some of these older movies. It's like they telegraph everything for so long that I'm like, am I supposed to believe that this is actually taking place in like two seconds? Because it's almost like a 30-second Yeah, they don't know sequence. how to shoot
0: some action sequences. Like, you could do it where... I'm like, how is he not shooting? <laughs> if they're just going to do it in the middle of the daylight... Like, like in front of the building. It. Like, if they're going to do it here yeah. and not wait until he's off property... Then what is he waiting for? Yeah. Just go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they could have done it where, like, Aki, like, maneuvers her car like, perfectly, like, at the right time to, like, deflect the bullets or whatever. Or, like, there's something like that. But, yeah, it's, like, they almost, like... They could have also had, like, pedestrians and stuff walking in front. Yeah. So,
1: like, he was ready and, like, the shot wasn't clear. Yeah. It was, like, he had...
0: He it seems had like they just kind so of wing, they winged that scene a little bit and didn't really think about how they were going to do it. So yeah. yeah, but, anyways, that and the airplane are a little bit strange, you know, things to kill. Um, And then she obviously gets piranded. And then, uh, you know... The big muscular guy at the end gets pirated too, but um, yeah, so I didn't really think too much of that guy. But I guess uh, if you're blowfeld, you get a, you just have to have have a big henchman like that, you know, for whatever mm. reason. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the destruction of the secret volcano base actually causes the volcano to become active, <laughs> which you know, I guess, good for Bond, you know. So
1: well, that was that was the thing about this was. When when they first went down to the volcano base, they actually have little like um, geological vents where it yeah. looks like like steam and like sulfur are coming out. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that's clever of them to make it look like this is real and it's like active still." Yeah, and I was like, "I mean, it can't be because how could they build their base in there? It would."
0: Yeah, that it would be it. Would be, be very dangerous.
1: To my surprise, John, I was very wrong.
0: <laughs> well, apparently the explosions awaken the volcano because kissy yeah. said that it was a a dormant volcano or inter- but it must have been it must have been
1: uh <laughs> geologically active enough for it to have those yeah, vents. to get set off
0: well no because yeah that was from the the rocket launches
1: right okay so those were fake
0: yeah so they, those were the the rockets taking off were heating the the crater right and causing right. that steam to come off and that's why when she's like when Bond's like, "Oh, like, is this an active volcano?" She's like, "No." He's like, "Oh, that's strange." And like, that's why he puts it together. This is right, what the right, rocket right. launches, which actually would have been an interesting thing later when Tiger's men are attacking, and that rocket launcher does take off. Wouldn't that like burn the ground or make it so hot that they're like, "Ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah!" Oh, yeah, that would have been good, you know. But instead, he has those just random machine guns that are set up to get to <laughs> shoot at things. Um, but. Yeah, and, so, so, and I also felt bad for the village, I guess, because now there's an active volcano on their, on their island. Sure. So those sure. people probably had to be evacuated, but who cares? <laughs> you know, Bond saved the day, save World War III from breaking out again. Um, and then him and Kissy, I think, end up on a life raft together with some people. Um, but then that moment is quickly broken up because when M's submarine, uh, I guess, submerges right below them. <laughs> and picks him up with them, and then they just get carried off into the sunset. So.
1: They love to do that with submarines.
0: You could tell that it's they, like when he's
1: in the Arctic and the submarine's just right there. You could tell with that the big old logo. They
0: reverse the footage, so they yeah. they had the it, the the they put the raft on the on a on a, a surface submarine, and then they had the submarine yeah. dive. And then they just reverse the footage to have it come back up again because you're like,
1: yeah. I mean, how else are you doing that back then? You know.
0: I mean, yes, it's probably dangerous to try to do that like naturally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get it right, so. Um. But yeah, I just kind of noticed. I was like, why does the waves look weird? Like, why is that water like? <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're doing it backwards. Okay. Um, I see. But yeah, that's you know, there there is some sort of weird. I don't know if it's a sex joke at the end, but something between M and, and Money Penny, something about a Dini. Um, yeah, a Dini, but I don't even really, it wasn't that clear. But, uh, anyways, that kind of sums up the end of this movie, that movie. <laughs> it was fine.
1: It's like, you know. it, it has parts that, like whether they're problematic or not, should just be cut. Uh, it's just too long. It's a little too slow paced. They just needed something else to drive it. Maybe if they'd set that dude up, the goon, a little bit better um thinking of something with him but
0: yeah i think overall it's not my favorite connery um but it sets the table for everything that comes
1: after yeah so
0: yeah and th- this is the last connery we'll be watching
1: wow so we've never wait done. but what about the one he did with uh the non-eon
0: well i guess if we want to watch that I'm technically doing only the eon stuff so oh okay like Tech, so technically this is our last one unless we do want well to watch. we'll
1: see because i mean the other bond movie might not come out this year so if that's the case maybe we'll end up doing those too yeah that's true i mean it's just just for interest sake maybe we'll we'll, we'll, do, we'll do that, do that well. one
0: and operation kid brother the italian knockoff
1: i i want to i do want to see that <laughs> actually
0: yeah so that'll be a thing but uh yeah so that you know i think i think it's i think for people that love bond obviously like this is one i think you have to watch just from because it's so iconic but as far as for us or for me at least it's not not top five necessarily you know maybe like in the it's kind of the middle of the pack for me
1: i like it better than some of the other bonds we've watched that i didn't really enjoy but yeah i i'd say so far it's in our like the bottom five of what we've watched that doesn't mean it's bad but of what we've watched it's in the bottom five for me
0: definitely yeah no i i would agree with
1: that um But yeah, I haven't really, I don't think we've watched one that I said that I really felt like I
0: didn't like yet, though. No, I think all of them have their something about them that makes them cool or interesting or special in some way. Um, And then some of them also have like some stuff that's like makes you cringe and makes you... I mean, almost all of them have something that makes you cringe. (laughs) Almost. Not necessarily, but a lot of them. Yeah. Newer ones, not as bad. Yeah. So... The next one that we will be watching on our next mission, um, we are going to 1975 for, I think this might be Roger, oh no, it won't be Roger Moore's last movie, it'll be the second to last one I think we watch, which is The Man with the Golden Gun.
1: I'm very excited for this, never seen it, but honestly,
0: after seeing all the Sean Connery stuff, I think I might like Roger Moore better as James Bond. Yes, this one will definitely be, this is more like Live and Let Die. It'll be, it's, okay. it'll be a little bit weird. There'll be some weird stuff yeah. in it um so definitely be prepared um (laughs) that's just good to hear but you know i think this will take us back to a little bit of the uh, golden eye game with the golden gun you know
1: i'm excited for that for that alone i'm excited so
0: anyways uh yeah so we will see you next time